Oh mon Dieu! Uh-oh! You're in La Provence and you've made a... Faux pas! Listen to this real account and try not to laugh. I dare you. This podcast is all about sharing faux pas. A good Welsh friend of mine, naming no names, has made quite a few faux pas since arriving in France. But there's one that really stands out and when she shared the story with me, I laughed so much. She was having some visitors over and wanted to impress them and make a trifle. Not just any trifle. She wanted to make a Delilah Smith trifle. And as most people know, we need a special sponge that we call Ladyfingers. With a spring in her step and a list of ingredients, off she skips to Hyperoo. Having sourced most of the ingredients, she scoured Hyperoo everywhere for the Ladyfingers. But not one to give up, she stopped and asked a young male worker where she could find the Ladyfingers. Using Google Translate, she asked, Excusez-moi, où sont les doigts de la femme? And pointing to her fingers, she demonstrates the size and shape. Looking a little perplexed and a few shades redder, he finally took her to an aisle and pointed to the tampon section. With a little giggle, she said, Thank you, but that won't be much use in my dessert. And not wanting to embarrass herself any further, she left without the droit de la femme. She later asked her French friends what she should use and was delighted to learn that they are in fact called boudoir and can be found in the biscuit aisle. Long live the trifle and the lady fingers. If you want us to start off with your faux pas, send in your story to contact at shininprovence.com and we will publish it in one of our monthly episodes. Here in the south of France, we've all got ambition, desires, hopes and dreams. We want to move here because there's a better way of life. It's beautiful. People speak with the sexy French accent. It's the south. There's the sea, the lavender, the poppies, the trees. (gasps) However, dreams clash with reality. And the reality is that if you don't speak French, you don't have a secure CDI job, and if you don't know people who know people who know people, it can be a very tough and rocky path towards the hashtag ideal life. This is of course anywhere in the world, it's not specific to France. But here we are, we are in Provence and we deal with where we are, what we have and what we can do. I found someone who was frankly brave and crazy mad enough to move to the south of France with no security, connections, visibility for her future or for the future of her partner to show the lengths that some people take to have their dream life in France. But let's not stop there. What is it like for a French spouse who has now convinced his Irish partner to move with him to another little village in the countryside. (laughs) Is it simply happily ever after? Or is there a lot of work that goes into this Provence dream? Listen to their funny, crazy, and brave stories to give you perspective onto your own desires, to your wants, to not just survive out in the wild, but shine. I begin with Ashley Tinker, For those of you who may not be familiar with her, Ashley is a Canadian expat who started a now popular blog and website called Curious Provence. 
I know that for myself, when my husband and I, in fact, started talking about moving to Provence back in 2017, Ashley's blog was actually one of the first that popped up when I googled life in Provence. I was relieved to find out that there were other expats that had jumped here in a seemingly risky way, but that life seemed to have panned out. So really, it's a thrill for me to be able to interview her now and find out her real story in person. And I can tell you, really, with this conversation, you're in for a treat. For those of you who may not have heard of you already, can you tell us a little bit of your story? Just where are you from and what are you doing here now? Well, I'm from Montreal. I'm actually English from Montreal. So I learned my French here in Provence, which is a good thing, I suppose, because it doesn't mean I have a crazy Quebecois accent every time I speak French. But uh, I moved here <laughs> nine years ago with my partner, Robin, who's British. And we kind of came on a whim and uh your, I think your description of this podcast is the crazy people that moved to France. And I think uh, there's a fine line between brave and, and stupid. And I think, <laughs> I think we, we straddled that line. Um, <laughs> but uh, we came here nine years ago and I'm a photographer, but I also have done many things and I'm still doing many things. And for example, I sell paintings. Um, I used to give market tours. I only do a few now um, as I used to work on the market. And that was one kind of a way I integrated when I first came to France. What else do I do? I do itineraries for people as well for when they come to stay. And we just uh, finished renovating our uh, gîte, which is a two-bedroom rental, which will be open next year. So that's exciting. That's cool. And what about your partner? What does he do here now? He basically renovates old houses. He uh, works as a project manager for people that buy often second homes because he can speak English, so people from all around the world. And he organizes renovating kitchens and bathrooms for them, basically. Okay, so let's get into the dough. Why <laughs> the dough. did you really... <laughs> the the main, the, the whole thing. Because what I really wanted to know when I first kind of searched you up was why did you actually move to the south of France why did you leave everything back in Montreal because as you said you came on a whim you guys didn't have a job and you just moved so before mm -hmm. knowing the how I'd like to know really why why did you decide to move <laughs> to the south of France without a job without friends without security Um, well, as I said, definitely a little crazy, but uh, I basically moved here because of Robin. I blame him entirely. I fell in love with Europe um, after moving to Italy for a year when I was 18. And I fell in love with the history and the food and the lifestyle. And I knew I definitely wanted to live in Europe. And I met a British man. And although I also have a British passport, I decided it was not possible to live in that weather. <laughs> so, um, and he is obsessed with France and everything French, French music. He wanted a French food. He wanted a French girl. Unfortunately, he got a Canadian. What can I say? But <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but we basically, the how is 
Well, the why still in the why, the lifestyle is basically why we moved here to point it, put it down to one point. Uh, we basically wanted to live somewhere that uh, offered a good quality of life where you don't necessarily have to make tons of money. And we found that uh, France provides that. So it was the good quality of life that pushed you. Um, and then once you were here, is it good? Are you happy to be here? Is is it what you were looking for? Yes, it is definitely what I'm looking. What we were looking for, but we really had to fight to get it because it takes quite a while to settle into a new country, as you know. And someone once told me it takes three years, and I think I, I totally agree with that because it did take quite a while to settle in terms of being comfortable enough with the language, finding friends. Um, that was a really big one in south of France. Even French people move here and they say it's difficult to make friends. But the, how we first moved here is that we put an ad on Gumtree in Britain, basically saying two young people looking for work in southern France. And this crazy American couple responded who have five chateaux and no money to maintain them. <laughs> But we didn't know that at the time. So they sent us these photos of this gorgeous uh, chateau in uh, Lombesque, which is close to Aix-en-Provence. And we were thinking, oh, this is interesting, because basically what they needed is gardien, which is glorified house sitters. Um, so we were thinking, oh, this is a roof and a job. Uh, they didn't tell us how much they were going to pay us. So we basically drove down. <laughs> with our suitcases, no idea what we were getting into. And we arrived at this beautiful place, but it was basically, um, they had left a lot of it to go to ruin. So there were big holes in the ceiling and there were cobwebs and spiders that I'd, as big oh, as your Jesus. palm that I'd never seen before. Scorpions in our shoes every morning, uh, <laughs> snakes everywhere in the grass. It was like really the countryside. As a part the of the real Vons, wilderness. Actually, oh, yes. And it was basically something that, that I've never experienced since because even though we live in the countryside here in a small village, I've never since uh, experienced scorpions in my shoes every morning. <laughs> you know, like all. Um, and they were, they were an odd couple. They uh, characters, to say the least. I could probably write a book just about our experience. I that think first you should. Year. Yes, maybe I should. <laughs> but uh, we found ourselves kind of alone in the wilderness, which wasn't great for meeting people, um, speaking French, uh, you know, just integrating it all. So we were kind of very lonely. I think that first year we might have been a little depressed, to tell you the truth. There was a lot of a euro liter, yeah. euro liter wine consumed. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and were you able to meet these people who who said that you need to take care of the chateau? Would they at least come in? They were there when we arrived, and they they came very briefly every once in a while because there was no running water um, other than the toilets in the chateau, so it wasn't very <laughs> useful for them to live there. Thankfully, they, we had like a little cottage, but they gave us they gave us this cottage that 13 dogs had been living in, and it was a very small cottage. It was so disgusting. It was the walls were kind of 
slick with with the with the grease from the fur <laughs> and and they had been peeing oh, on, they allow the dogs to just pee on the steps so we had we just we we poured so much javel <laughs> scrubbed <laughs> for like a whole we refused to move in to this cottage uh until we could scrub it to death but um even then there was snails on the walls kind of you wake up in the morning and I don't know where the snails came from but there would be snail trails like all on the insides of the wall oh my was, god it was quite something no heating wow. or aircon of course you know you guys but, were uh, very tenacious to yes want well, to stay there yeah it was um it was definitely a test of our relationship I can COVID imagine. was nothing for us <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> COVID was a piece of cake. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Since you're going, you went through all these challenges. So you've had to basically be an entrepreneur, hustle, both of you, you and Robin, trying to renovate homes, uh, having gone through your nightmare guardianship <laughs> kind of um, <laughs> yes. experience um, and that didn't deter you from the small town of France uh, did yeah. you ever I guess to find stability here try to look for jobs for example because I know that there are a lot of expats who come here so sometimes it's the spouse who already have found a job and then the other spouse either the husband or the wife um, say okay well at least one part of the family is stable I'd like to find something too or sometimes they're both like I guess you guys totally crazy mm -hmm. and moving on totally a whim <laughs> yeah because um, for no me no stability ah! yeah I mean <laughs> yeah. for me it was a bit similar whereas both my husband and I didn't have jobs when we moved here so it was a little bit insane and I remember feeling totally insecure um, worried mm -hmm. and anxious um, didn't know Absolutely. what in the world is gonna happen and and I missed um, even though I, I appreciated the the beauty I, I missed feeling secure so mm -hmm. just from that point of view for you guys did you think okay maybe I'm gonna try to look for a job or how yes of course well I had so I had a kind of a job both the first two years as a guardian And then um, when we moved from there, I got a job at a restaurant and I only lasted six weeks, sadly, <laughs> because my French wasn't good enough and the guy I worked for was very difficult. He's, he's well known as being someone that's difficult to work for in the region. I didn't know that, of course, at the time. Um, that's why you were all hired. Kinds of little things. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of little things, but because I wasn't French, I didn't know there was the learning curve was just massive. So yeah. I kind of didn't catch up as quickly as I wanted to. But and then after that, I got a job in the market. And that's kind of thanks to the blog in, in the sense that I was doing an article about the market and I was talking, interviewing someone. And he basically just said, do you need a job? Because <laughs> I'm looking for someone to sell my stuffed Provencal tomatoes. And I said, yeah. So... <laughs> That was that was just happenstance. That was great. And I got a job for four days a week uh, going to four different markets. Oh, that's awesome. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of hard work, but really fun at the same time. I can imagine. And it was fantastic for my French because obviously I was speaking French all day. So that was really great. 
And while I was at the market, I was doing, I started doing some of my photography. So what what I had done before in Montreal was all fine art photography. So I hadn't done any commercial photography. I hadn't even touched a digital camera, if you can believe that. It was all film. Oh, wow. So I kind of had to force myself. I was a bit of a snob at the time to to not, I had to basically hustle (laughs) and do some commercial stuff. So that's when I started doing vacation photography, which is basically portrait photo shoots in beautiful locations such as olive groves, hilltop towns, lavender fields. And I noticed that there was a growing demand for that. So that kind of, that was really great. And that's something that I do all summer long now. And it's really fun because I'm in a different place every day and you get to meet people from all around the world. So that's really great. And do you both see yourselves as retiring here? Like for the rest of your life? Yeah, retirement's a long way off. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) if we win the lottery tomorrow, yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, we definitely plan on staying here. This is our forever home. Um, We don't have any kids yet, but that's definitely a plan at some point for sure. Yes. That's amazing because I think that can be hard for some people to, to commit to. Whereas for others, it's like, no, that's why I'm here, especially when they're young. Um, As you said, there are some people who move here to retire. Um, That's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, when you're... Well, it's so much effort moving here that I couldn't imagine (laughs) throwing myself (laughs) into another country. No, thank you. I put the effort in. I'm not doing it again. (laughs) With all the dog pee and the snails and the scorpions, you're like... No, <laughs> never again. <laughs> yes, and even if I go back to Canada now, I've been here so long. I feel like you'd probably feel a stranger in your own home. You yeah, know, if you live somewhere else for a while. That's true. But yeah, it's true. It's like mm-hmm. this strange feeling of belonging and not belonging at the same time. Mm-hmm. Up next, I speak with Rudy Giuseppe, the French partner of my colleague Lindsay, right here at the podcast. I asked him how they met and what challenges or pressures he faced as the person who someone else has moved across the country for. So welcome, Rudy. Welcome to Shine in Provence. Can I dig in right away? Tell us, how did you and your partner meet? Okay, so I met my partner in Ireland, uh, in Dublin, because she's Irish. And I met her in the school, in the international school, because I went for six months in Ireland to learn English because my language was really bad. And I met her in the school because she's well working in the school. Okay. So was it love at first sight? What do you mean when you say that? Love at first sight. Um, as soon as you saw her, did you fall in love? That, 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 that's a great question because she would give me a maybe another version and I'm going to give my version so I don't know but uh, I, I think let's like, hear your version was... my version okay yeah so uh, I met her when when I was uh, in the class and she was coming every day saying so and she was starting the school and every day talking like that and saying what the the organization is going to be for the school and stuff like that yeah so that's the, the first time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Let's say we fast forward your story. You guys met in Ireland. You started dating. 
So when and well, why did you finally decide to move here to Provence? So I think it was near like three or nearly three or two years ago, uh, I decided to come back in France because in the, in the Provence actually where I'm, I'm born, because I'm born in Manosque. Uh, the sun, I miss, I really like so much the sun because in Ireland the sun is like not here every day. Anyway, it's a good country. I like it. I like it. Beautiful place to visit if you've never been. The reason was like also the price. The things was really expensive in Ireland. The apartment and some jobs was difficult for me to send my certificate to pass like uh, in English, like in English version and everything like that was really difficult. For Lindsay, it's exactly the same in France. So if anyway, it's better for us like in, in France at this time, it's really expensive. For so basically in terms of the quality of life or perhaps just the standard of living, it was a lot more expensive in Ireland, whereas in Provence yes. it was easier for you. Yes, yeah. yes. For, for me, well. Uh, we've got to win some to lose some, and Provence is a beautiful place to be. Um, so if I can ask you, very often we talk about the challenges of, you know, the expat person, like what challenges they have when they move here. And it's usually, like you said, the language and uh, finding a job, etc. So I was wondering what particular challenges that you have faced, particularly as someone who has a spouse that is not French, but you are living in your territory, in your homeland. So even though you don't have issues with languages, and such. I wanted to know if there are any pressures or challenges that you face being in a couple where one is French and the other one is not. Okay, so yeah, for me, the, the pressure in France uh, when Lindsay was coming to the country was uh, yeah, the probably the, the job, if I had a job for and enough money to live like together, like back to the country after like one or two years after to be in Ireland and uh, probably also like to find the paper for the vital card uh, to make every papers for for in France, the insurance, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because it was hard to find jobs even for yourself. That's, that's why it's a challenge, right? Same. Even as a French person. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yes. But then have you guys thought about moving to another part of France then? So not really because I was, my family is living in that place. And for me, it would be more easy to like uh, uh, make our life together uh, in that place. So because the family yeah. can help. Oh, you know definitely. As you've heard, Provence is more than just a place for wine and dine. But hold up, it's still got all that and more. It's time for... What's happening, Provence? Find out what events are happening in and around your region. It's autumn. Usually, there's gusts of wind blowing quite hard. But this fall is quite a mild one, to say the least. October was one of the hottest Octobers that we've ever faced, but I'm not sure now what to expect from November. However, the events continue, bringing entertainment and culture to the South to everyone that lives here. Here are three interesting ones that you can visit if you're in the area. 
Fest Provence Prestige, the 29th edition, a lifestyle fair that supports and promotes local artisans in different regions all over France. With the special hashtag Made in France, this fair happens once a year. This year, it takes place in the Palais de Congrès in Arles from November 17th to 21st. With about 150 local exhibitors available, it's a huge fair that centers around gastronomy, fashion, home and deco, as well as culture and leisure. So if you're looking to find unique items to surround yourself with, especially French-made, this place is definitely the place to go. Arles is a vibrant city with lots of cultural events and a beautiful region, so you can make a trip around the fair. Costs. It's 5 euros for 18 and above, 3 euros for 12 to 18 year olds. If you buy your own tickets now, it will be 5 euros after the 17th of November. It's free for kids 12 and under. Discounted prices available for groups of 20 and over. Next, this one is for jazz lovers. There's the Jazz Neri Festival happening at the Ceneri sur Mer at the Casino de Jeux on 5 to 6 November, which is a Saturday and Sunday. A perfect weekend getaway if you want to unwind in one of the beautiful coastal towns in Provence. There are three artist groups playing a mix of jazz, blues and Cuban beats over the weekend. Costs, it's 38 euros for full price and 35 for reduced prices. You can find more information on their website www.scenary-jazz.com Last but not the least, the third event is an interesting one started by local expats in Marseille. It's the pub crawl that takes place in four different bars in Marseille almost all year round, usually falling on Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. The cost is 15 euros where you can join the group as they hop around four different bars in the city with sometimes free shots, discounted tickets for the drinks, as well as various games organized by the guides who are looking to help people connect with one another and have a good night out. Register online at www.pubcrawlmarseille.com. And with that, thank you for listening with me. If you missed some parts of this episode and would like to hear it again, you can find this show and more interviews on the radio's website, as well as your favorite podcast channels, YouTube, and www.shineandprovence.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Catch me again same time next month. A bientôt!